God, I pray today that you would anoint me today. I don't say that lightly, God. I ask for your anointing to be upon me. Because I believe, God, what we're going to tackle today through your word, God, is, yes, going to be totally life-changing, but yet there's going to be such opposition to it today. And, God, we break every lie of the enemy. We break every curse of Satan that will try to hold us bound. And, God, we speak your liberty, and we speak your power, and we speak your life into this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be sharing a very important message this morning. That's why I wore a bright shirt, because I thought I'm going to get your attention one way or the other today. But we've been dealing now for the past month, we've got one more message coming up on Wednesday, that we've been dealing with hook, line, and sinker. Dealing with offense, the bait of offense that wants to ensnare our lives, that wants to trap our lives. And what an incredible life-changing series this has been that we, have just, that we have just really been going through over this past month. The opportunities to become offended are endless. But we must refuse to take the bait of offense and find our lives trapped and imprisoned. At first, we just build up walls of protection. They're not going to hurt me again. We begin to filter in who comes into our lives and The ones that we do allow into our lives are perhaps the worst ones because they're the ones who are too offended. And so instead of helping us, they help us build the walls up higher of protection around us. While we're within those walls, we begin to justify our actions. Our reasoning begins to change. We begin to tell ourselves we have the right to be offended. After all, what they did to me. But what we found out last week was we have the choice to be offended, not the right. Big difference. But what happens is that walls of protection soon becomes a prison that we are captivated and we are bound by. Offense is a choice today that you and I must refuse to take. Because to make the choice is to leave your life barren and fruitless the furthest place away from the blessed life that God wants every one of us to live in. Today I want to talk about letting go. Today I want to deal about forgiveness. Forgiving those who have hurt us, wronged us, offended us. Very tough subject. It's very tough sometimes to want to forgive. Come on, let's just be honest. To want to forgive those because in the natural, 
The flesh says, no, I want them to hurt more than they've hurt me. I want them to suffer more than the suffering they have brought upon me. Because in the natural, that's what we want. We want revenge. We want our actions to be justified. But no matter how much of a tough subject this is today, here's a key that we're going to discover. Forgiveness. If you don't give it, you won't get it. If you don't give it, you're not going to get it. There's no way around this. You and I have got to forgive those who have wronged and offended us. Now, I know even right now there's a battle that's going on in many of you right now because you're saying, but Pastor Philip, if you only knew, there's no way. How can I forgive someone who molested me? How can I forgive someone who did this? How can I forgive? There is no way possible. Come on, there's a struggle I know that's going on right now. But I know today, through Christ, and through understanding the forgiveness that He has available to you, I know that today you can forgive those who have wronged you, hurt you, and offended you. And here's how I know why. Because why would God ask you to do something if it was impossible to be done? God knows all things. The enemy wants to hold us bound because he knows he can stop God's plan for your life. And the moment you begin to believe the lies of Satan, you begin to turn away your life from the purpose that God has for your life. We've discovered this, that every one of us in here, God has a purpose for our life. And that purpose is that our lives are going somewhere, that we've got a future, that we've got a hope, that God has great things in store for us. So our purpose is taking our lives somewhere. Satan wants us to believe the lie. Hold on to offense. Take the bait for what? So our lives become trapped and snared, stopped. Jesus says, follow me. Come on, in order to follow him, you've got to be where he's at. You can't be where he's at while you're locked in your offense and in your unforgiveness. The purpose and the destiny of your life is dependent upon your obedience to God. Yes, God has made a way of escape. God has given us the pathway of life. But you and I have got to choose to live by that. You and I have got to choose to walk by that. And accept that in our lives. Listen to this. A person who cannot forgive has forgotten how great a debt God has forgiven them. We must forgive. Listen to me as we read from God's word from Mark 11 verse 24 through 26. And the Bible says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. A lot of us read that passage of Scripture and we get so excited that we forget to read on. 
We stop off up there. Well, man, I'm just going to ask. I'm going to receive. Praise God, everything's hunky-dory. Let's go home and just have a good time. We've got to read on. Verse 25 says, and whenever you stand praying, when you're asking is what the Bible is saying. If you have anything, say with me, anything. Small, big, medium, large. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. I wish I had seatbelts right now because we're going in. You need to fasten your seatbelts right now because we're going on to verse 26. Listen to this. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. If you do not forgive, then neither will God forgive you of your sin. How many would agree with me today, whether you like it or not? The consequences of unforgiveness are not worth it. Come on, do I have a witness in the house? Whether you like it or not, it's not worth facing the consequences here. For us, for you and I, to choose not to forgive is to make a choice to write our own eternal death certificate. There's no room for debate here. Jesus clearly states the fact and the necessity for every one of us to forgive. And Jesus means what he says. Come on, Jesus means what he says. He's not like us that says so many things but don't follow through. How we say things we don't even have any intentions of even ever doing. I love the illustration John Bevere writes in his book, The Bait of Satan. And incidentally, every one of you needs to read that book. But John Bevere writes this. He says, let me give you a hypothetical example of a typical conversation. Jim sees Tom who he knows, but he hasn't talked to for a while. Jim's in a hurry, so he thinks, oh no, I can't believe I'm running into Tom right now. I don't have time to talk to him. Then they make eye contact. So Jim says, praise the Lord, brother. It's so good to see you. They then talk for a short while. And since Jim is in a hurry, he finishes by saying, We've got to get together for lunch sometime. Let's break down that conversation for a few moments. First, Jim wasn't excited about seeing Tom because he was in a hurry. Secondly, he wasn't even thinking about God when he greeted Tom. Praise the Lord. And thirdly, He had no intention of ever following up with a lunch invitation. It was just a means of him getting away quicker and easing his conscience in the process. So here's what John Brevere writes of the conclusion of this conversation. So Jim really meant nothing of what he said 
in his conversation. Real situations like that happen to us every day. One person has written, and perhaps it's true, that most people don't mean a fourth of what they say. So it's no wonder we have a difficult time knowing when to take a person at his word or not. But here's the problem. Because of the lives and the conversations and that which is around us, we begin to bring God and his word into the same equation. So we begin to view the Bible in the same way. Oh, Jesus, he doesn't really mean that. He's just saying that. What he really means to say is, it's good to forgive. We know that. But that he'll understand if we don't, because after all, what they did was really bad. And God knows that they don't deserve to be forgiven. It's amazing how quickly we interpret something that's not up for interpretation. When Jesus speaks... He means what he says. I says when Jesus speaks, he means what he says. He is faithful even when you and I are faithless. Doesn't change him. He is not changed by us. Come on, he doesn't change, the Bible says. He's the same. So his word is still true whether we truly live by it, believe it, accept it, want it. It's still the truth. It's not truth in implication, it's truth in word. What do I mean by that? We don't make God's word true as we do it. It's already truth without us doing it. But I'm telling you, we better start walking in that truth. We better start living in that truth. We better start being in that truth. So listen to me. This isn't a conversation with Tim or Jim or John or Tom in the mall. This is Jesus speaking today. And he says, if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespass. And he means it. These words are also recorded in other scriptures too, thus giving us a greater validation of what he says. Matthew 6 verse 14 and 15 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Luke 6 verse 37, Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be Forgiven In the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew 6, verse 12, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I wonder today how many of us would want God to forgive us in the same way we forgive those who have offended us. I've got to read that again. You didn't grasp a hold of that. I wonder today how many of us would want that same forgiveness from God as the forgiveness that we throw out to those who have offended us. But that's exactly the way in which you and I will be forgiven. In the same measure you use, it's the same measure going to come back to you. 
Because unforgiveness is so rampant today, because there's so much hurt, because there's so much offense that we know Jesus talked about would come in the last days, it's a sign of the season of the last days that many will be offended, deceived and hurt, betrayed. Because of the magnitude of the right to be offended around us today, it's caused us to justify unforgiveness saying, I have the right to. We struggle to take these such words of Jesus seriously. Once again, I want to tell you, the truth never changes. The truth never changes. No matter the surroundings, no matter the magnitude, no matter what's popular today and what we should do and what people tell us we should do and all these kind of things, the truth is still the truth. And I'm going to throw in something else. No matter how much you've lived for God, the truth is still the truth. Well, I've been saved all these years, and brother, I've got a new, fresh revelation from God. Well, I think you better go back to the old one, because it's a whole lot better than your fresh one. Because if it's justifying unforgiveness in your life, you haven't got a revelation of God's word, brother or sister. Let me tell you something. You've got a revelation from the very pit of hell because that's where that revelation will take you. I know today this isn't an amen message, but I'm telling you, we need to hear this today. The way we forgive, The way we release, the way we restore another is the same way in which you and I today will be forgiven. Forgiveness is a choice. And it's your responsibility to do. Well, I'll forgive them when they forgive me. No, 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 no. You forgive despite what they do. Because your responsibility is between you and God. Come on, we're talking about us and God right here. It's nothing to do with that other person. They may be offended us and caused a problem, but guess what? We're the one that's making the problem more than it should be. Because my problem isn't with Bishop if he's offended me. My problem's now before God because I've allowed offense and unforgiveness to block my relationship with him. Forgiveness is a choice that I have to make. And it's my responsibility to make it. To do it. I want to look at a story from Matthew chapter 18 this morning. You still love me this morning? I said, you still love me this morning? Come on, you should be glad today that you're hearing the truth while there's still a chance to make a change. The truth of God's word. We're going to go through the book or the chapter of Matthew 18. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, that's fantastic. If you want to look up on the screen, that's great. But whatever's going to cause the least distraction to you, because I need your attention today. I need your heart. I need your openness today. In this story, we're going to once again see the bondage of unforgiveness and offense. But just before Jesus tells the story, he was teaching his disciples how to be reconciled with a brother who had offended them. And Peter, good old Peter, come on, you've got to love Peter. If there was ever something to be said or done, Peter was the one that was doing it. So he asks a question. Or Jesus asks him a question in Matthew 18, verse 21. And then Peter came and said to him, no, Peter asked Jesus a question, I'm sorry. In Matthew 18, 21, then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? 
Now, you've got to understand this. Peter thinks he's been really generous here. He thinks, man, probably at least once or twice or three times, but I'm just going to go, wow, seven. It's a holy number. It's God's number. It's a good one to choose. So Peter just kind of throws it out there like he's a big bad. I know, God, it's like seven times. Yeah, right? He's expecting God to say, Peter, that's too much. But look what Jesus replies to him in verse 22. And Jesus says to him, what? That's in my Bible. I don't know if it's in your Bible. Jesus says to him, what? I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. For those of you who are good at math, Jesus wasn't meaning 490 times. That's 70 times seven, by the way. What Jesus is showing Peter and wanting to show us today is this. Our forgiveness needs to be without limit. We need to, be, we need to forgive others in the same way that God has forgiven us. Jesus then goes on to tell a story which is a parable, a story with eternal meaning for every one of us. And beginning in verse 23 and 24, Jesus begins to say, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him about 10,000 talents. A talent was a unit of measurement that they would use. It was that which they used to measure gold, silver, other precious commodities. It was the measurement that they used. And in this story, 10,000 talents represented the debt that was owed. A common talent is the equivalent today of about 75 pounds. One talent equals 75 pounds. Therefore, 10,000 talents would be roughly 750,000 pounds, or to break it down a little bit, that's 375 tons. How many would say that's a lot? 375 tons. The debt that was owed. If that's silver, that's 375 tons of silver. But the thought is it's probably gold. He owes a debt of 375 tons of gold. Gold is what, over $1,800 an ounce now or something? That's billions and billions of dollars that this servant owes. It's a debt so big that as we will read on and see, that there is no way humanly possible that servant will ever in his lifetime or thousands of lifetimes ever be able to repay. Let's read on, verse 25. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he should be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that the payment should be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. 
Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion. He released him and he forgave him the debt. Just to clarify today, the master is God. You and I are the servant. You and I are the ones that has a sin debt that is more than we could ever repay. This parable is talking about unforgiveness. It's talking about offense. And look how it applies to that of being offended. Because when offense occurs, a debt is owed. What do we say when someone offends us? They're going to pay for that. They'll pay for that. I'm going to make them pay for that. So what we're saying through offense is we're saying there is a debt that's owed. But forgiveness is a cancelled debt. As I said a few moments ago, a debt he could not pay. But for grace. But for the forgiveness of God. Look what it says in Colossians 2, verse 13 and 14. It says these words. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against you, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it all out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. He has taken all of our transgressions, the debt that was owed. He has erased the handwriting. Come on, if we were to look at the list of everything that's up against us, his blood erased that. And as he died upon the cross, he forgave that. He made a way for you and I to be free. He forgave us of a debt that was beyond anything that we could ever pay. Not only in this lifetime, but any lifetime that we could ever live. There's no way we could pay. There's no way we can pay the debt of sin that we owe. But God gave us freedom, salvation, grace, forgiveness as a free gift. Come on, it's a free gift. It's a free gift. Romans 6.23 tells us what? The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3.16, that whosoever believes on him should never perish, but have everlasting life. Unfortunately today, the last verse of that story that we read should have been the last. It should have been the end of the story and they all lived happily ever after. But the story unfortunately continues today. Verse 28, Matthew 18. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants 
who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and he took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. A denarii of the day was equal to the average person's wage. So a hundred days of a salary back then, this servant probably owed him five, ten thousand dollars. Verse 29. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet. This is our feet, remember? Come on, this is our feet. And begged him, saying, have patience with me and I will repay you all. But he would not. And went and threw him into prison until he should pay that debt. There was no way he could pay that debt in prison. There was no way he could work. There was no hope. That guy's life was over. Yes, that man owed him a sizable amount of money. Five, ten grand. That's a lot of money. I wouldn't mind some of that right now. Go pretty handy. Pay my tithes on it too, God, if you want to give it to me. You better pay your tithes on everything God gives to you so he can give you some more. Come on. But what was five, ten, fifty, a hundred thousand? However much it was that he owed. What was that in comparable or in comparison to the billions and the billions that he owed? Listen to me today. The offense and the unforgiveness we hold against others is nothing compared the offense that we had against God. No matter what they've done, has no comparison to the forgiveness that God has given. The debt that we owe against God. A person who cannot forgive is a person who has forgotten the great debt from which he or she has been or was forgiven. Because your debt was forgiven, you know what that means for me today? You know what it means for you that Jesus wiped your sin debt clean? It means today you're delivered from eternal death and separation from God. It means you don't have to suffer the torment of hell. Because there's no place worse than what hell will be. Hell wasn't even created and made for man. It was made for Satan himself and his angels. It was so horrific, God did not make it with man in mind. A place of torment. A place of anguish. A place of pain. Constant suffering, but never escaping it. Never being knocked out. Or never being numb to the fact of the pain that was there. And I think one of the greatest things and the greatest torments in hell is this. You will have your memory. That you will remember every opportunity that you had. God forbid, and I pray none of you one day sit in hell and remember this message. But if you choose not to forgive, you'll remember this one too. 
the torment, the agony, the pain that you and I were destined to have until God came and forgave us. Through the death of His Son upon the cross, we can have freedom and liberty. The debt is wiped. We've got now the promise of life in Him. Today, if you're having a tough time forgiving those who have hurt you, let me try and help you today. Begin to think once again about the reality of hell. And begin to consider once again the love of God that has saved you from that. Doesn't matter how good you are. Well, Pastor Philip, I never really did. Hey, it doesn't matter. The Bible says your righteousness is as filthy rags. It means no matter your good standing. You know, the best that you could do and live in your life by the law and everything, the best you could do would still end you up in hell. I need to finish this today. Help me, God. Let's read verse 31. Let's read on. So when this fellow servant saw what he had done, or when a fellow servant saw what he had done, when other people saw what you do, when they see what you do, they were grieved and they came and told the master what had been done. And then the master, after he had called into him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? Just so you know today, this story is dealing with believers. It's dealing with those who know God. So the fate that we're about to read of is the fate of one who was once a servant of God. A Christian who chose not to forgive. Verse 34 and 35. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. Notice all that was due him. Verse 35. So my heavenly father will also do to you If each of you, from his own heart, does not forgive his brother, his trespass. In those two verses we read, there's three main points that we're going to briefly look at. First point. The unforgiven servant is turned over to torture. If you look in Webster's, the definition of torture is as follows. Agony of body or mind. The infliction of intense pain to punish, cohere, or afford sadistic pleasure. Because of unforgiveness, the unwillingness to release those who had offended and hurt. The Bible says torture now has come upon 
that person. As a result of unforgiveness, that's exactly what you're going to bring upon yourself. Medical doctors have linked unforgiveness and bitterness today with certain diseases such as arthritis and cancer. And I know this to be so true because I've seen it in people's lives. I've seen young people who are literally crippled. I've seen people in their 50s that look like they should be in their 80s. Why? Because of unforgiveness towards someone in their life. And now their body is riddled and crippled because of being given over to the tortures, the trials of life. One thing you've got to know today, too, is forgiveness is not about just forgiving other people. Forgiveness also involves you forgiving yourself. A lot of people struggle to forgive themselves. You've got to forgive yourself. If not, you'll find yourself tortured. You'll find yourself inflicted with pain and misery that God's best for your life would just be a distant memory. The second point, the unforgiven servant has to pay the original unpaid Debt. The Bible says he now has to pay all of it. He was now required to do the impossible. You and I cannot pay the price for our sins. Only one could pay the price. It was Jesus Christ who came. He died upon the cross and he cried out, it is finished. When that word, it is finished, in the Greek word, I believe it is, it's tetelestai. I'm probably killing the pronunciation of it. But what it basically meant was this, the debt is paid in full. When Jesus hung upon the cross, he said, I've paid the price. But because of unforgiveness, the price of sin has now once again been put upon our backs to pay. Through unforgiveness, we can bring about eternal judgment upon ourselves. But pastor, I thought if I asked Jesus into my heart, it was done. End of story. I mean, heaven's my home. Listen to what Matthew 7 verse 22 and 23 says, because there were some people who believed that. And they said this, but Lord, Lord, we have, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Obviously, they must have known him. They called him Lord. That meant they must have been under his rule. They did miracles. They cast out devils. But what does God say? I don't know you. I don't know you. So who will know Jesus? 1 Corinthians 8 verse 3 says, But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. So who does God know? He knows the ones that love him. 
To truly know him is therefore to understand that we must forgive those around us. Look what 1 John 4 verse 20 says. If someone says, I love God, but yet hates his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love a God of whom he has never seen? person who refuses to obey the word of God deceives his own heart. God doesn't will that any should perish, but that all has. God's made a way for everyone, but to choose not to forgive is to choose a life of separation from God, to love God is to obey God. I'm almost finished this morning. Part number three. We see the fate of anyone who chooses not to forgive. Jesus, again, was very specific, making sure we understand this parable. He says, if we do not forgive... We will not be forgiven. Verse 35 of Matthew 18. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you from your heart does not forgive. His brother is trespass. He means what he says. I said today he means what he says. I know this is direct today. But I also know this is the truth. So many times we hear of excuses being given for harboring unforgiveness and how forgiveness at least is less of a sin than adultery, theft, drunkenness, homosexuality, and the list can go on and on. But the Bible is very clear today that those who practice unforgiveness will not inherit the kingdom of God along with those who practice such other sins as we just listed. So is this a harsh message today? Or is this a message of mercy and warning to each one of us? As hard as it may be today, Thank God we are being taught the truth. So we have the opportunity to forgive and set the record straight before it's too late because there are no second chances the other side of eternity. The only chances are this side of eternity. Listen to me. Forgiveness. You don't give. You won't get. If you don't give, Pastor Philip, you don't understand what they've done. Let me remind you once again of what you've done. And the sin debt that was beyond anything that you could ever pay. Jesus erased it. And gave you a promise of an eternal home with him. 
It's not about what they've done. It's what God's done for you. Come on, it's never about what you've done or what they've done to you. It's about what God has given freely to every one of you. And now he says, freely give. Freely give. I know it's hard. And Kelly asked me something in the car when I was telling her about my message. Kelly said to me, she said, how do you forgive someone? I said, babes, the way you forgive someone is you release them in your heart. You don't harbor any wrong feeling or ill regards towards that person. You give it to Jesus and say, God, I can't carry this any longer. I need your help. She says, how do you know if you've forgiven someone? And I said to her these words. If you ask the question whether you've forgiven someone, it's pretty good indication that you have. Because you know when you haven't forgiven someone. I mean, you know when you haven't forgiven someone. Because you walk into their presence and that feeling begins to rise up inside of you. Someone begins to mention their name and your blood begins to boil. Someone talks about a past memory or whatever, and all of a sudden, man, you're just hot to trot and you're ready to go. Come on, that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness today is saying, God, I can't, but I know you can. Forgiveness is saying, God, give me the strength that I can look that person in the eye and say, I forgive you. Why? Because God, my eternal security is dependent upon the fact of whether I am able to forgive and release or not. It's not about them. It's about what God's done for me. And I'm going to say this in close. A person who cannot forgive is a person who has forgotten from what he has been forgiven. Would you bow your heads with me today? No stand innovations this morning. But the truth has been delivered to you. You see, it's not enough just to give your life to Christ and then live any which way you want. You've got to live, give your life to God and live in obedience, in accordance to God's word said this statement so many times in this church, but you can't live like hell and expect the rewards of heaven. It doesn't work like that. Can you play that song? Do you know that song, Purify My Heart, Oh Lord? If you don't, then just play whatever you want this morning. That's fine. But I want us to do something in this place today. I want us to let go of unforgiveness. Can I tell you when I prepared a message and any message I prepare like this? God first rakes me over the coals before I stand and preach to you. 
I'm not saying I'm perfect and get everything right, but to the best of my ability, with the help of God, when I stand to deliver a message, my heart is pure and clean before God. Because I have to examine my heart too and say, God, is there unforgiveness in my life? It's amazing, I think, that we can forgive people but then choose to pick up that unforgiveness again. And it's important, I believe, that we constantly remind ourselves of the sin debt that we could not pay. Almost every day I thank God and I say, God, why would you use me? God, there's a whole lot more people better qualified than me. I mean, why would you use me? And I haven't lived a bad life. You know what? I've sipped alcohol. I've never gulped or really swallowed. I've never smoked. I've never done drugs. Brought up in a Christian home. My family have been pastors all my life. Most of you know my parents. They are godly, wonderful people. I haven't lived a life like so many, but yet even in my life, the sin debt was still more than I could ever repay. Because I was destined for a life of separation from God, but for grace, but for mercy, but for forgiveness. I believe it's time for us to examine our lives today. And I don't want anyone leaving here today saying, I can't believe he said, I don't agree with that. Sorry. Not to be unkind, but it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. It's what God's word says. It's what God's word says. It's what God's word says. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.